it's time to dive into some crypto conspiracy theories. I'm Rob. I'm John. And this is the Mint One Podcast. Where we talk all things Web3 and the rise of blockchain gaming. So John, this week we're getting a bit conspiratorial. We are. It's time to dive into some of the biggest conspiracy theories in the cryptocurrency space. Okay, before we get started, I need to shill, but not normal crypto shilling, which is disgusting. I need to shill our podcast, which is less disgusting. Um, please follow, like, subscribe, comment, five-star review on Apple, all, all of the stuff, all of the stuff. You know I'm bad at this. I just, we are in a crypto winter and we need your help to get more people to hear us, to listen to us. Um, and we're not one of those podcasts that just talks about um the next moon shot and all that rubbish we if we find stuff that we think's bad we talk about it and we have plenty in our back catalog to prove it so if you want to listen to web3 without any filters without any rubbish um you should subscribe to us and leave us a review we've had some nice reviews lately and some nice comments um and some suggestions for episodes one we nearly did and then we realized it would be the most negative episode in history uh, after yep. we started researching the topic so um but keep keep sending them because uh, eventually you'll you'll get one um we have done one or two i think before uh, that people have suggested and we're always up for more okay right so this this episode is um is an interesting one I we weren't sure, so we were meant to have a guest on today who couldn't make it unfortunately and had to reschedule. So we decided to look for a new topic to talk about, and I love a conspiracy theory, and it just it just made a lot of sense that we go into conspiracy theories. But there's a little twist on this episode, um, and you might think it's unpreparedness, but I'm going to tell you with through rebranding that it's actually um, the angle for this episode, and that is we're both going in blind to this episode we don't know what these conspiracy theories are i think there's about 12 that i've copied that are the the biggest the most well-known the most well-founded maybe i don't know but we've got 12 we don't know what they are i've got them in a document which i've just opened um and with no further ado let's get into the into the first one right that's weird um <laughs> that was a lot of talking right it's a podcast i've got to talk so Control by unknown entities. This is number one on this list, but I don't think it's actually, um, I don't think it's in order of size. It's, it's <laughs> just, you know, whatever. So the description is, some people believe that cryptocurrencies and blockchain networks are actually controlled or excessively influenced by unknown entities or powerful insiders, in brackets, whales, uh, despite the decentralization claims. Hmm. <laughs> See, that's... That's one of those that's always going to float around until yeah. Satoshi Nakamoto or ever pops his head up above the parapet, which is never going to happen. I've already seen his name on this list. I'm not <laughs> reading it, but I've seen his name. So, I mean, there's been rumors for a while that obviously after 2008, everyone had this distrust of the financial system. So why yeah. not create a new one and yeah. have people believe in that instead? Um I don't think it's one I believe in myself per se, but I can understand why other people might do, especially if you're heavily conspiratorially minded, which I think in yeah. today's day and age is uh, very easy to do. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, it is, yeah. I, how I about it, you? Well, it depends on what you're talking about, really. Obviously, mo not all blockchain networks are controlled by unknown entities. So they must mm. be talking primarily about Bitcoin, Bitcoin. which... Yep. In a way, it was created by an unknown entity. So you, you could argue that it, it's 
controlled. When it comes to, I think the most interesting, compelling point perhaps on this is Wales. Wales. They do have a lot of control, whether of it's the control they mean. I mean, that they can, they can move the needle whenever they want by selling off, by buying lots. You know, we, we see it all the That's time where spikes, spikes happen. happen. It happened yeah, with, um, with a, Immutable, didn't it? With Was it the South Korean company wanted to get involved in Immutable and they bought a ton of it and they spiked the price yep. like 20% instantly. So yep. Wales have a lot of power over some of it. Mm-hmm. But the thing that, that makes that kind of irrelevant is the despite the decentralization mm-hmm. claim. So it's basically it's saying that it's, central, it's, it's controlled centrally, centrally and is masquerading masquerade. as decentralized. I don't know there's much evidence for that. I'd be interested to see if there there was perhaps something, but I've never. I read Web three, crypto, NFT, blockchain stuff every day. Every day I mean, right. podcasts, oh, news sites. I have a rotation every morning. I'm pretty deep in in this. I'd be surprised if there was evidence for that that I had missed because, like right. like I said in that little shilly bit, I don't think I either of us are like these sort of cult followers that just will that just believes crypto is all good. Um, I, I don't. I think there's lots of negatives to it. I just think yep. overall, on on the balances, it's a positive. Um, so yeah, I, not sure. I can see why they think that, and I think it probably does come back to Satoshi. Yeah, I think undoubtedly whales do have an impact on the market, but that's mm. the same with virtually everything. Yeah, like whoever's got the most of X has more control. So. Yeah, I don't think it's distinctly a, a crypto problem. Do I think it's some kind of centralized control from the big bad behind the scenes? No, but yeah. who knows? <laughs> okay. Well, let's just go to the Satoshi one. Sure. Um, because it, it makes sense. It, it follows on quite nicely from that. So <clears throat> I just accidentally scrolled to the final page and saw the last, the title of the last one, which is oh God. incredible. We're saving that for last. <laughs> um, so the Satoshi one, Satoshi Nakamoto, who for any of you that don't know, is the creator of the Bitcoin white paper and um, the father oh. of essentially crypto, the father of blockchain, the father of Bitcoin. His true, true identity, identity, whether that's a pseudonym, we don't know. Um, we, but we, we don't know he's a company. We don't know if he's a person. Nobody knows anything about him, which is wild in today's day and age, particularly with how successful Bitcoin has been. So it is a, it's a mis- it's probably crypto's biggest mystery um, and an interesting one because there's so little evidence as to who it is. There's also that guy that claims he is him, but then won't move any of the Bitcoin that was first minted to prove it. So, um, yeah, we could just roll him out. Right, so... Um, this one is Satoshi Nakamoto's true identity. <clears throat> There's always been speculation around the true identity of Bitcoin's creator, Nato- Satoshi Nakamoto. Some conspiracy theories suggest that Nakamoto is either a known tech mogul, a group of companies, or a government entity. Oh, government entity, that, um, that <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big claim. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they would be, whatever government entity that would be, they are playing the longest, smartest game in yeah, history. Yeah, I mean, this would have to be a very kind of deep state conspiracy theory if we've currently got the SEC like doing yes. everything in their 
in their power to try and fight blockchain as an industry. Yeah. <laughs> if if we've got, I mean, if it's going to be a government, it would have to be the US. And, you know, if the US is spending so, that much money to fight court cases against effectively itself, that would be a monumental waste of time and money. Yeah. So I'm not too sure about that. Um, the idea of it being kind of the product of a company or of a group of existing tech moguls is a it's not terribly far-fetched um you know we had the paypal mafia back in the late 90s so mm. it really good youtube would, documentary on that by the way yeah um it, it would make sense if there's like the bitcoin mafia of the late tens mm. early late tens late noughts that sounds strange to say but you know what i mean late noughts yeah. early tens and and there is kind of a bitcoin mafia you know there's a bunch of people that were around at the start of bitcoin that have gone on to create you know ethereum and then other chains and other protocols and other companies so um but we, we've just never been able to find the kingpin which is satoshi i it's yeah. it's strange because um i think it's one of the first inscri- not inscriptions but one of the first blocks has that newspaper title from like a uk newspaper around mm. the time so there's a lot of rumors that satoshi or whoever satoshi is or, or a part of satoshi is perhaps british but yeah yeah it's difficult to you would you would really have to get into the nitty-gritty of every single message that satoshi nakamoto ever said and then you know be a trained linguist <laughs> to yeah. assess every word he ever said and whether things make sense and always there words from a different dialect being spoken in all this kind of thing it's yeah it's bizarre but yeah it's just all part of the uh the mystery and mystique of who or what satoshi nakamoto is yeah i, I think i find it hard to believe that a government agency is um the creator although obviously the internet kind of traces back to the americans creating it um but th- this feels like a i don't know <clears throat> it feels like it's either run out of control or they just it. This isn't going to plan at all, and or they weren't involved. Um, so the crypto conspiracy theories we're using here. I've got a list of ten, but then I'm also using mm. one article by DailyCoin.com, um, which had some interesting stuff in it, and they also had a bit on Bitcoin is controlled by the deep state. Um, where the, the reason I like this article is it's very um, reasonable. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's not really buying into much of it, uh, and it's just sort of giving objective details. But apparently, in 2013, there was a website claiming that the CIA created Bitcoin. The website was called CIAproject.org, and it got taken down. And it suggested that the CIA created Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as tools to move illegal funds. Um, the, I guess my my only else. my only kind of complaint to that is I don't think the CIA needs to invent a whole new type of currency to move money illegally. Yeah, they've been doing that for decades. <laughs> it doesn't. It does seem like a stretch. Uh, I mean, but it's a it's a conspiracy theory. So yeah. I guess yeah, they're, yeah, all yeah. Good, they're all going <laughs> to like a stretch. Uh, and basically, most of the evidence around this. Um, oh, okay. According to conspiracy theorists, four pieces of evidence link Bitcoin to the CIA. Let's go. The first oh, is the name Satoshi Nakamoto, which essentially translates to central intelligence. What? I mean, <laughs> firstly, firstly, if that's true, why would they do that? Well, I mean, that that's just, I don't know if that's true. But, it, but, what, but why would they call themselves central intelligence in Japanese? <laughs> it's just, 
Um, the second is how careful Satoshi was with his identity. The third is that Satoshi is likely to be more than one person, hence it's believed to be a pseudonym used by a group. I mean, I'm not following the logic train there. Mm. Um, and the final fourth one is that Bitcoin Talk, a forum Satoshi regularly posted on, censors talk about Bitcoin being a CIA project. Um, and then there's a little asterisk that says, the last claim has been proven to be false, though. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Talk censors threads, right. but some threads about the CIA sponsoring Bitcoin still exist. So I'm comfortable to rule that one out. <laughs> you can, you can tag, me, tag me in that in the future if they get proven. Um, <laughs> but that, that feels particularly um, conspiratorial, even mm. for conspiracy theories. Mm. Uh, okay, the next one, I think you and I will have a, a few things to say on, actually, uh, just by the title alone. Two, um, NFT, this is technically three, I jumped ahead. Uh, NFT market manipulation. There are theories that the NFT market is heavily heavily manipulated with certain individuals driving up prices for worthless assets or laundering money. This, uh, Some believe this hype is created to benefit those who got in early and have power to manipulate the market. I don't know how much that's a conspiracy theory, to be honest. No. <laughs> you could definitely prove at least several cases of that. Yeah, I mean, if you'd, if someone had just woken up from a coma and they just found out what NFTs are and what the current state of the market is, nobody would have ever believed that Beeple's 5,000 days sold for near $70 million. But that's... Like, that was... So, sorry to jump in. That's one of the only examples that I think was maybe worth that because that was a decade of his digital art and, and yeah. it was a pioneering use case of, of, of NFTs. Like, I, so, I mean, I agree, with the, I agree with everything you're saying, but that's one of the only examples that I would just flinch a little because he spent i mean he spent more than 10 years it was it was like he's, he spent like 20 years making art every single day that he couldn't mm-hmm. really sell because it was digital so he couldn't exist natively and owned and then blockchain enabled that and then that. he sold the whole lot obviously oh, 70 million is insane Aye. i'm not saying i'm not saying that but i i do think that that's probably one of the few use cases where you'd say this is why it's why? worth that Whereas yeah. if you look at, you look, carry on your point because you're just going to say what I'm going to say anyway. Well, I think the people that came in early for Bored Apes, for example, like let's say you did mint a Bored Ape for 0.08 ETH and then all of a sudden the price keeps going up or, you know, all of a sudden it's one ETH and two ETH and three ETH and of course you're going to hold on to it. Of course mm. you're then going to do whatever you can to help drive that price up or, uh, mm. you know, but basically anyone that ever held a punk or an ape, if they were public about it, could do things that would influence the price of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's just obvious, quite frankly. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of evidence for this. I mean, wh- how much wash trading have we seen? God, crazy. Man. I know um, for the longest time I was using NFT Go as on my mm-hmm. analytics sites, and they would filter out what they suspected were wash trades. Yeah. Um, but the, the washes were so obvious. <laughs> like people selling yeah. individual NFTs for like three thousand ETH. Like mm, mm. Mm, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's really dodgy. So for anyone that doesn't know what wash trading in with NFTs is, yes. I mean, you probably don't know what wash trading is. Otherwise, you'd be able to infer what I mean. But uh, wash trading is essentially where yeah. you're buying and selling yeah. something to yourself so. or your friends to raise the trading volume and the profile of that NFT collection. So people, if you created an NFT collection, how are you going to get it seen in a sea of NFT collections? 
if you happen to have 3,000 ETH sitting in a wallet, you could buy all of them for five ETH and you'd have to pay the market fees, but it'd be worth it because it'd raise a profile and you'd end up on analytics sites. You'd end up on the most trade collection of the day or the most expensive collection or a collection that's spiking in value. And then people were like, oh, this is going to be the next board ape. And then they were buying it. I mean, I'm almost certain that all of the punks and apes that are in museums were just done as tax write-offs. Like somebody buying a punk for 250k, don't know to get to a museum and then writing that off. Well, this, I mean, that so, happened with traditional art, didn't it? That, yeah, exactly. There's there's yeah. so many comparisons between the price manipulation in the traditional art world and what happened at the height of the market in 2021. It was yeah. so many people doing the same thing. I mean, it, it was such an easy thing to do. You get, plus, there was a benefit to anyone doing it. For example, all the celebrities that got in on it. You know, you buy this digital asset. That means you're you're now cool. You're with it. You're up to date. Mm. Um, purely as you being a celebrity doing that drives the price up then you can act like the savior by donating it to some museum or doing whatever the hell you want to do with it um you know put it down as a tax write off and move on which i think is what most of them do- did so yeah i certainly some of them i you know it's so hard to tell who who is legit but i think as far as conspiracy theories go that one so far has the most credence and element uh evidence by far. absolutely yeah okay um Next one, I don't even like the title, but um, Bitcoin and energy consumption. Although it's a known fact that Bitcoin mining consumes a lot of energy, some conspiracy theories exaggerate these claims, suggesting that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are part of a larger global plot to consume the world's energy supplies or exacerbate the energy crisis. I knew that was going to go off somewhere wild. I didn't think it was going to go that wild. Uh no is <laughs> the response like that's yeah that's even more deep state than thinking that the u.s government created bitcoin um, yeah, that is that that really is a reach i mean yeah. so it's true that um the energy usage claims were exaggerated yeah. uh in some mainstream media as well some pretty big publications yeah. were publishing Pushing. incorrect right. data or that not that it's, it's you know it's not it's green, green. But it's no, uh, it no. wasn't as bad as it as people were making out, and it's got nothing but better ever since. Like, yep. it, yeah. Um, but as trying to exacerbate the energy crisis, that that is that's probably such a deep point that I can't even comprehend what political motive that would be, or who would win, and who's uh, yeah. I mean, that's just beyond my station, and seems insane. Uh, yeah. So we're, a bit far fetched. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to number uh, four, which is technical sure. five. Global surveillance. <laughs> we're, we're, Jesus, here's the door. Well, hey, we've already trajectory. talked. We've already talked about Worldcoin. So, oh yeah, that's well. I mean, we are willfully allowing us to, ourselves to be surveilled. Um, right. Some individuals theorise that the push towards digital currency, especially by governments like China's China. digital yuan, really, I didn't. Okay, is not just about efficiency or combating corruption, but is a step towards total financial surveillance by companies or even global entities. So there's a case, a lot of people make a case for this when it comes to um, cashless society. In fact, my girlfriend got in a taxi the other day and the taxi driver scoffed at having to take card for a small payment. To which I got annoyed because, I mean, th- this is... I haven't had cash 
on my on my person for years. You, mm. Just is I don't need to carry cash. I, yep. Like what what else do you want me to carry? Some mead or corn? <laughs> Should we start trading and bartering? It's ridiculous. And he but he really got the arm and he was like, I don't want to. I don't want to have to. Whatever. And he's like, the only reason they're doing this is so that they can track um, the money moving around. Yeah. And, I, and I wanted, I didn't say this, but I did want to say, you mean you're going to have to pay the correct amount of tax for, for, <laughs> yeah, for well. how much you've been earning. That, and that's essentially what's, what's happening. Um, so I guess there's undercurrents of that being true because it does benefit the government to know exactly how much money's been moving around between entities. Mm-hmm. I don't think the governments have been mostly resistant to crypto, but then again, maybe that's because yep. they don't have access. Well, it's blockchain, so it is public. I don't know. I'm conflicted on that. I one. mean, there was talk about the uh, you know the UK government wanted to create a virtual pound, and then also yeah. the Japanese government wanted to create a digital yen. It's weird to me because, from a practical point of view, most money nowadays is purely digital it's just numbers moving around in spreadsheets you know the actual physical currency stays in vaults and so you know we're not shipping gold bars around the planet anymore we don't have to um so it's it's bizarre i in terms of government governments wanting to make their own digital currencies i don't think it's that far-fetched no, I don't. It being part of some kind of conspiracy, not really. It's just more convenient. Well, digital money is more convenient than paper money. Mm. Like you don't have to cut down. I mean, I know we don't use we use cotton for our notes now. I can't remember. So you know, I, I, I can't remember. But yeah, it, it's it's you're using far less natural resources. It costs far less, etc., 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 to yeah. have digital money than just physical. And without going too far off the other end the idea of value and money is just a human construct anyway. It's not like a one-to-one, oh, because the planet has $10 trillion, we have $10 trillion of paper notes or gold bars worth that amount. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's another one that I think is a bit too, a bit too far-fetched for me. Although I see where some people might be coming from. I love that I have to, off the back of you saying that was a bit too far-fetched, I now have to read the title of the seventh oh, one. Uh, Cryptocurrencies in the New World Order. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Perfect timing with this. Some conspiracy theorists believe that con- cryptocurrencies are a tool to usher in a new world order, where traditional forms of government and finance are eradicated, leading to a single global power structure that uses digital currency to control the populace. I mean... <laughs> Don't want to do with that. Do, do I even need to justify that with like any kind of response? It's yeah. Who, who's I, I don't even this <laughs> exactly. Like I know, yes, Bohemian Grove is a thing. You know, world leaders meet each other in secret ways all the time. That does not mean there is this new world order. You know, global government mega conspiracy. Um, you know, we don't have lizard presidents and prime ministers. You know, when they're not all aliens. Um, I think the world is far too complicated and complex for there to be as simple an answer as, oh, there's one big spooky organization that runs everything. Well, you are going to look a fool when Biden comes out as a gecko. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll wait for the day. I'll be waiting a long time. That's the risk but... you've taken. Uh, <laughs> right, now we're going 
now it's getting uh, deep. I, I actually had a conversation about this with a friend. Um, quantum computing threat right. is the title of this one. Um, no, there are there fears, are fears that quantum computing could break the right. cryptographic security right. on which blockchain relies. Right. Some go further right. to suggest that certain organizations right. already possess this capability and can destroy right. cryptocurrencies anytime they choose to. So I'm going to jump in first right. because I had this conversation right. with a friend who works right. pretty deep in tech um, for a very, very big company. And he's pretty, you know, pretty senior in that company. So he has conversations that are similar to this. Um he basically confirmed that cryptographic security is at risk from quantum computing, as, as yeah. everything is. I mean, we've seen the whole password, brute force password hacking. Quantum computing reduces things that would take 15,000 years down to like an hour or so. Just crazy, crazy stuff. Quantum computing yep. is absolutely batshit. However, right. my counter argument to this, so it, so it, it, this, it could it still, still ruin, ruin cryptocurrencies, I guess. Yeah. But my, my point to him about this would be yeah. that if quantum cu- computing can break right. it, surely it can make better security as well, yeah. um, which he said is, is probably true, yeah, but true. Does, you know, he wasn't sure. Yeah. He doesn't work in quantum computers. Um, uh, I, don't think, I, don't I don't think, I don't imagine, I don't yeah. imagine there's an organization that already has the capability to destroy all cryptocurrencies. I'd be surprised. Um and on your point of security, I think if as soon as quantum computing even becomes like, oh, one lab somewhere has had half a femtosecond of a quantum computer working, mm. um, quantum encryption is probably the first industry that will take off because necessarily if it isn't. If well, absolutely, if quantum computing is let out into the public domain with no security measures, then it's not just blockchain that's in trouble; it's everything online. Basically, all of our digital existence as we know it, which obviously now includes like self-driving cards and all sorts mm. of other things, it would basically mean every single password, every single form of encryption is meaningless. So, yeah, that would be yeah, a difficult day. It, it's <laughs> so so quantum computing is a, a future threat. It's on the, I think it was it Sundar Pinchai this week who said that you know we have to get AI right. If we don't, yeah. then that's going to be like a massive threat. It's yeah, quantum computing's even beyond that. Um, yeah. So, um, quantum it, it AI. Is a, yeah, it, it, it is. A, oh, Jesus, um, it is a huge threat. Um, but it affects a lot more than just blockchain. Uh, it it yeah. it affects everything. I I don't know when we'll see quantum computing become the norm per se. I, I, don't, I, know, been, I don't know if we'll see it in our life. No, I mean it's come in and out of. Um, you know, tech publications a bit over the last few years, um, probably because there wasn't too much progress being made, to my knowledge. I mean, it's unfathomably complicated. So, um, yeah, yeah it will it will certainly change the world as we know it if and when it finally comes around, though. Um, well, we're we're now moving to something we actually know a little bit more about: uh, stable coins and financial instability. So, this one. Number nine is there's suspicion from some quarters that stable coins, some quarters, have they they gone like (laughs) pirate or are they making, anyway, uh, stable coins, cryptocurrencies designed to minimize price volatility are not backed by reserves as they claim and are being used to manipulate crypto markets. So uh, this really isn't a conspiracy theory in some ways. 
No, because it happened. It did happen. <laughs> with uh, with USDC. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Mutether, yeah. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's happened more than once. Uh, I don't. I think this is uh, Daily Coin that said when Tether first started releasing USD stablecoins, the company claimed that it had reserves that backed up all of its coins, but this turned out to be false. In 2019, Tether had to disclose that its coins were not 100% backed by dollar reserves. Instead, they were only 74% supported by dollar and short-term securities. When Tether was forced to make this disclosure in court, the company had to change its claim on its website that had reserves that it had reserves for every USDT on the market. Um, but that was 2019. Tether now claims to have that it can back up every USDT on the market with its reserves. Um, this is daily coin still. However, that's a difficult claim to believe. Or they said that before, and we found out. Um, I mean, if they could do 74%, presumably they could they could push that up. But I'd be I'd be shocked if it was even 74% at the time, and I'd be very skeptical that they can back it one to one today. Um, just as a point of comparison, banks can't guarantee one to one that all the money they have on their books they have in actual currency reserves because mm. that's not how finance works. But I guess so I guess the whole premise of a stablecoin is its stability. Uh, yes. Um, so but it's more uh, again, they yes, but it's pinned to a physical currency, which is inherently, I guess, unstable in the fact that real-world currency is leveraged. It's not tied one-to-one with anything, mm. you know. So it's you're trying to tie this idea of stability and security on top of a currency which itself doesn't have gigantic fluctuations, but isn't... It's a lot more stable than cryptocurrency, obviously, but is not backed one-to-one with anything and is... Yeah, you know, it's leveraged. You know, we it, we're no longer in the days of having the gold standard, or you know, mm. we're we're in the days of modern money, where money is uh, more so than ever just kind of a, a construct rather than you know uh, something that's physical and tangible that you can hold. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if there's any stable coins that are truly backed one to one. Um, if so, I'd question where the founders behind some of these stable coins have got their money from, because it, it, even if you have, I don't know, one point one billion dollars worth uh, market cap in a stable coin, that one point one million dollars in hard currency must have come from somewhere. It hasn't just mm. appeared out of thin air. You've either got VC money or something else is going on there. So, what? How much tether is there? That is a good question. Opening up coin market cap right now. <laughs> 83.8 billion. Yeah, I mean, are you telling me they actually have $84 billion of hard currency back? Yeah, it's, it seems very far-fetched. Where have they got um, that? Like, where, I don't know. Where, where is it? Like, what do they, what do, they do? Yeah, like, I mean, that's more than the... Barclays the current account? <laughs> that's more than the gross domestic product of some top 50 world economies, I believe. Like... Where is this money? I would love to know. Mm, yeah, that's. I uh, yeah, I don't know. And do they realistically do they need a hundred percent one to one to remain stability? Because no, it's a hundred percent of people are going to pull out at the same time and, and want to swap it back for fiat. Um, so realistically, Please. maybe you could have less than a hundred percent and still be stable you just need you need to hit like critical mass 
the amount that there's there's just no shot that um no matter how bad it gets everyone would they'd be able to tank you i, d- I don't know i guess we we can't really know yeah I mean, we'd have to be uh again we'd have to know a lot more than uh we do <laughs> to get yeah. into the minutiae of how the global financial system works well so. yeah i mean some <laughs> of this stuff i mean you there's probably only like a handful of people in the world that can really unpack everything pretty much um, okay so we'll move on to 10 i have two more after this actually i have maybe three um so this one this one's kind of quick because it's a little bit like the last one tech giants involvement some theories assert that major tech companies are deeply involved in cryptocurrencies and blockchain and are secretly steering developments to eventually take over i think you could actually put forward a case for amazon on that although they they've made it sound more sinister than i intended it um but amazon has been quietly building and investing a lot in in blockchain stuff across a pretty broad spectrum they're involved with so many different companies a lot of blockchains use um amazon products to run their networks so i'd say amazon is is pretty deeply embedded and that is as you know a major major tech company yeah so that's probably i don't know they mean it they mean it sinister in a sinister sense that's the problem yeah yeah i I would imagine that a vast amount of the services that keep blockchain alive are run in some way through aws uh, I know yeah, uh, we were using it for Wax. That, yeah, that most of Wax's block producers use AWS. Yeah. And I would imagine for a lot of block producers and guilds, etc., on other chains and probably some like Ethereum nodes, etc., probably just all run it through AWS. So, uh, yeah, it's weird how, uh, once again, we we default back to uh, a Web2 mm. <laughs> Web company and Web2 solution to, to build this Web3 world on top of. But... Yeah, I think if any company is well-placed to take the blockchain industry into a new era, then Amazon would be it. I don't think yeah. that necessarily has to be malicious. I know that, obviously, Amazon is the big bad in a lot of people's eyes because it is such a huge company and there's a lot of question marks and a lot of controversies about it and all of this. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah they, they, are, they are, as a company, exerting more influence on our lot. I mean, I use Amazon at least once a week, so... Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if you include all of Am- all of Amazon's products, I interact with Amazon every day, without question. Uh, I think I probably do as well, actually. Twitch, yeah, Twitch, Amazon Prime, um, AWS, Prime, yeah. Um, yeah, they're far-reaching already. So it yep. makes sense that if they see a technological shift, that they want to be at the forefront, and they've got the infrastructure and the money to do it. So, yep. um, I, I feel like we've reinterpreted that conspiracy theory in a more yeah. reasonable way, Wait. but. Uh, I guess it. There is some truth to it. Now, yep. before I go on to my two favourites, which are just funny. Um, well, I see them as funny. If I'm proved wrong, it will be insane. There is one which I had never heard of. Um, okay, and it comes in two parts. And this is on. We'll link it in the um, show notes. It's by Daily Coin. And so, have you ever heard of Blockstream Hobbled Bitcoin? Is the the name of it no so make it no no i never heard of it never ever heard of it so i'm gonna i've, I've got a summary of it which i'm just going to read this the summary so um slow transaction speeds highlighted in bitcoin's early days 
indicated scalability issues. The proposed solution was a hard fork to improve transaction speed and compete with traditional payment networks like Visa or MasterCard. The hard fork led to the creation of Bitcoin Cash, dividing the crypto community. Conspiracy theory suggests that Blockstream, who I'd never heard of, and apparently they're a major crypto firm, so perhaps the really early days one, um, deliberately opposed the hard fork to prevent Bitcoin scalability. Allegedly, motive was to maintain control over the Bitcoin network and inhibit its mainstream adoption. Now, this is part one of two. So there's a second part to this um, uh, this conspiracy theory. So the second part is that the theory suggests MasterCard and other companies gained influence over Bitcoin in 2015 by funding the Digital Currency Group. The Digital Currency Group founded or invested in several key crypto firms, including Blockstream. This connection purportedly allowed MasterCard to exercise indirect control over Bitcoin, particularly through Bitcoin Core. Allegedly, manipulation including intentionally degrading user experience and causing system downtimes. The supposed goal was to profit from the system's inefficiencies and prevent blockchain from becoming a globally dominant pay system. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I'd never heard any of this, which is yeah. strange. I guess it was happening in 2015, yes. so... Um, that predates both of us in being in the Web3 space. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. I know well, they mentioned MasterCard, and I don't know much about that, but Visa, they, they also mentioned Visa. Visa's been very involved in crypto from an early point, and they've right. they've had accelerator programs, they've invested in stuff. They I think they own a CryptoPunk, and they, right. they had, they've had loads of um, like cryptocurrency projects and products, they have someone who's head of crypto who's on a podcast I listen to often. Feels a bit weird that they would manipulate it in that way. But um Yeah, don't know. I guess I don't know enough about that early the early days of Bitcoin's network troubles to really uh, have a feel for it. What do you think? No, I think I'd probably have to say the same that I don't have the, the knowledge in the history or quite frankly the the knowledge about the the core tech stack to to kind of really assess whether this is a legitimate saying legitimate conspiracy theory mm. is a bit of a misnomer but you know what i mean yeah um it wouldn't surprise me that um let's say it, let's say bitcoin was made independent of governments and organizations and it was just this unknown man or series of people um around the world who came up with this system um that it wouldn't take too long for um if you are conspiratorially minded for uh, you know big tech and influential people and banks and other institutions to want to um get their own skin in the game i suppose if they do view it as a threat and i think if that's if if you believe that then it's very easy to come to the conclusion that these outside bodies have been interfering in uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies ever since. Um, I don't know, of course, nowadays where every cryptocurrency is on open markets, it's um, I mean it's even easier for someone to influence the market if they have large enough resources to do so. Mm. Um, again, I, I don't know too much about about Blockstream, um, so it, it's difficult for me to tell. But I think the uh, the core premise of the conspiracy theory is again one of those where. I can understand why people would believe it. Um, 
I'm obviously not going to put my hat either side of the fence, but you know, it's yeah, it, it, it's one of the more reasonable takes, I suppose. And it seems like at least some thoughts gone into it. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Um, yeah. So uh, John Nichols has confirmed that's perfectly true. Right <laughs> on to uh, the last two, which are my favourites. Um, the first, I don't expect you to say much <laughs> to this in reply. Just to be clear. Um, alien technology on the far fringes you'll find theories suggesting that blockchain technology did not originate from humans but was actually introduced by extraterrestrial beings as a technology is considered too advanced to be human made now on that last point I just want to weigh in I'm not a dev I'm not as much as I love technology the creation of technology the, the science the deep coding I can't do that I'm not good at that and yet, uh, yeah, I've had to write technical point. documents, like technical writing as a, as yeah. a, as a job. Um, I've been paid to, to do technical writing for blockchains, where I've had to explain how blockchains work. And even I can do it. So the, the <laughs> suggestion that it's too advanced to be human-made is, is just absolutely insane to me. Um, I mean, it's, I, that's a very weird claim to make. Very, that somehow very somehow aliens... I mean, yeah, presumably you have to come up with the... Oh, the aliens came up with the math for this, which is strange when maths is a again a human human invention, it's, basically. Let's not give this bollocks anymore. Time, no, um, because the next one's better. Oh, Christ, this is the final go. one. This is the final one, and this is my favourite. And also, I didn't know this. I didn't know this happened in 2018. Danish firm Bychip released an update to their subdermal chip. Subdermal Sub chip which allows people to store the XRP token in their body. For a lot Terrific. of people, that was just that was just neat tech. But for others, it was proof that they needed to realise that crypto was a vehicle for the Antichrist. I thought, I thought, I'd, I thought I'd look at the screen for that for, um, for effects, that so we can clip that later. So yeah, essentially My you God. could store Ripple tokens in your body using a buy chip, which I presume is just a cold wallet that lives under your skin. Um which you could do anyway. I could make a little incision and stuff uh, my yeah. ledger up there. Um, <laughs> so Ripple was created by the devil, according to some. Or, or at the very least, Bychip was. Either way, um, <laughs> crypto is a vehicle for the Antichrist is... I mean, yeah, that's if, I ever, one of, if I ever write a book on crypto, that's going to be the name. That, that's one of those conspiracy theories where I'd love to hear their train of thought. I'd love to see... I don't think it would. <laughs> I think it'd be four or five hours long. And it would be meandering around valleys of complete madness. Sure, it'd be entertaining. <laughs> Some for, of it. For, if for, I could get for, the highlights. So, yes, yeah, the highlights would be entertaining. I'm not sure I want the full theory, but uh, my God. Yeah. Crypto um, equals Antichrist. Yeah, I mean, it's that's similar to those... Um, was it back in the 70s or the 80s when you had these public access shows in the US why that this guy is basically trying to prove that God exists by the fact that Bananas are perfectly formed to the I human have, hand. I think, was, I, think was, I think it was like the nineties. Oh, I think it was even, even later than that. Like, oh, yeah, man. and Zaggy's got his own rapper, and look how perfectly. Oh, oh yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's really quite embarrassing. Um, but yeah, then, it, I mean, that as far as that's when I think conspiracy there is that's that's the level I was oh, hoping yeah. for. Like some of these are, are very plausible. Some of them have a little bit of evidence. Some of them are a bit outlandish. Bit but then. Bit. That's it. That's, that, that's, that's just. I didn't. I've never. 
I've never considered the two. I thought religion and crypto were like non-overlapping <laughs> magisteria. I never thought there was any involvement between the two of them. Um, but apparently there is. And some religions aren't that big on, on crypto. Oh, well, I have to commend um, human creativity for coming up with some of these conspiracy theories because uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's on the one hand, yes, they're ridiculous. On the other hand, wow, you have a you you've got a brain that come up with some of that stuff. So what is so offensive? Like, <laughs> what goes against some of the religious doctrines? I mean, I presume it's Christianity because they talk about Antichrist. What 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 about crypto or Ripple? Apparently, goes against. I mean, I guess we, we well, need I, a religious scholar to come I, on. I, and... I would imagine there's some uh, there's something in scripture about you know harming the flesh or putting like foreign bodies or things into. So the, the idea of putting a subdermal implant in you at all must be, in some circles, at least somewhat blasphemous. I find it hard to believe that some illiterate guy in a desert <laughs> near Jerusalem was was able to transcribe something about implanting devices in your... I mean, they've, they've well, definitely no, 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 no. What, in some blanks. What, what I mean is, obviously, like, with the Bible... People take the Bible, which is, for all intents and purposes, just a book, and try to apply technology that was around 2,000 years ago to today. Mm. So, you know, there's some crazy people like, oh, fucking Jesus predicted computers and things. It's like, no, not, not well. quite... <laughs> But you know, it's uh, the religion's one of those one of those funny parts of of humanity. Um, not if I mean, if anyone's listening to this podcast and they are, lost. you know, I was going to say, <laughs> if, any, if anyone is religious and they're listening to this podcast, you know, you believe what you like. It's got nothing to do with me. But it, it's one of those but crypto isn't the antichrist, and presumably, if they're listening, <laughs> if you're religious and a crypto person, you don't think crypto. Uh, is a vehicle a vehicle for the antichrist <laughs> because he needed a monetary system <laughs> and fiat just wasn't cutting it my god devious ways well you've got what's the bitcoin version of passing around the collection plate uh, uh, <laughs> i don't i don't know, I don't I'm, know. I'm sure i'm sure there's some kind of online church that's come up with like some, some sort, sort of, of evil bitcoin patreon his, his old bitcoin hash you must all donate 0.01 after this sermon so I, I don't know what the fuck I'm going on about now <laughs> anyway <laughs> we've gone that's why I finished with it because I wanted this to go fully off paste and uh, we did so um, I consider that episode complete that was one of the more fun episodes we, we've, we've had it was an episode um, it, was, it was an episode I, I would love to hear if you've made it to the end of this what your thoughts are on some of these conspiracy theories down in the comments or, or if you've we got missed yeah exactly or if you've got your own conspiracy theories about any part of cryptocurrency or blockchain or web3 then uh please let us know mm. uh, maybe we'll discuss them on a future episode who knows yeah um, or if you're a big enough nutter we might get you on the pod <laughs> in the hopes it will go viral um i can't guarantee anything but uh, uh yeah, we'll see who leaves comments i suppose um, yeah we've we'll, alienated we'll enough of them our listenership now yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, episode eighty-three of the Moment One podcast is in the books. Rob, where can we find you? Um, you can find me at tokengamer.io for the latest blockchain, gaming, Web three, metaverse, AI, VR, tech, generally in gaming news. We've published some interesting um, interviews lately with um, Nicola Sebastiani. There we go, Nicola Sebastiani, who's just joined. 
uh, the Sandbox from he's got quite an impressive uh, CV actually. He's been at PlayStation and Apple Arcade and some pretty big names. Um, we've also got some the things I kind of teased before. We've got some big yeah. stuff coming. Just keeps getting delayed. I have no control over it. Um, they keep delaying the date we're going to publish it. But there's two. There's now two things coming. Um, one should be at the end of October, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and then at Token Gamer News on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, uh, LinkedIn, yeah. same. Just search Token Gamer. Uh, that's about it, John. Where can people find you? Terrific. Uh, for me personally, you can find me at Hydropowered H O I D R O P W R D on pretty much everything. Twitter is the best one for me. Um, I've basically they've just been retweeting the Mint One podcast posts or <laughs> retweeting the stuff I am creating over at Top Splits, which is my new uh, venture, I suppose you could call it, all about uh, sim racing, racing video games, all that good stuff. Talking a lot about Forza at the moment. Um, the the new WRC game is two three weeks away. Uh, I can do maths. Um, and yeah, I'll have uh, more content on both of those um, every, I don't know, twice a week, once a week. Depends how long these videos take to make. I've been working on the same video for about a week and a half at the moment, so <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. But yeah. anyway, um, that's where you can find me. Okay. Great. Uh, episode 83 is in the books. If you're on YouTube or uh, just YouTube, actually, you can't really subscribe anywhere else. Um, you like, comment, and subscribe, and let us know down in the comments. Uh, what your favourite conspiracy theory is or what your thoughts are on the ones we discussed in this episode from Apple or Spotify five star podcast review would be great and you can follow us on Twitter at Mint1Pod thank you very much for tuning in everyone we hope you tune in again next week